0: Today we have a major announcement about the future of the Doc Washburn show. Also, why is mega church pastor John MacArthur in the news? Welcome to the voice of the resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 341 of the all new Doc Washburn show for Sunday, February 12th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, DocWashburn.com, and click on the button that says become a patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland. It drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Okay, coming up, we'll tell you why. Megachurch Pastor John MacArthur is in the news, but coming right up, the special announcement about the future of the Doc Washburn Show. First, if you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including Your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that delivers your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You will be glad you did. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits of investing in precious metals. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, Two words, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team at Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. We found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills precious metals from general Michael Flynn. And we are glad we did. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills precious metals is our gold buyer of choice to learn more about Andrew and his team. Go to BH PM.com. It's easy to remember the BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for precious metals, BH PM.com. If you can't remember that, Just Google Beverly Hills precious metals. It's the first thing that comes up. Let them know Doc Washburn sent you. Also, ask them about the General Michael Flynn gold coins. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills precious metals in an effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com or just Google Beverly Hills precious metals and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Now, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of your life and he didn't stop by simply creating my pillow, the best pillow ever. No, no, Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great, they feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on a to Dream bed sheets. Now Mike's offering the best deal on his Giza Dreams bed sheets. You get a set of Giza sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Mike is making a special offer to my listeners. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight just by using promo code DWS. And right now, a set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. My pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including my pillow Giza Dream Sheets, for just twenty nine ninety eight. But have you heard about Mike's new MyPillow 2.0? A brand new temperature regulating technology keeps you comfortable throughout the night. New fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature through the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. Core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 is developed to provide a cool surface and engineered for comfort. Because it's a fiber, not a finish, it'll last the life of the fabric. It's available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee, MyPillow 2.0. And if you use that promo code, DWS, you get two for one. Two for the price of one. My wife and I love our new MyPillow 2.0. Also, my slipper moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. I'm wearing them right now. Save up to ninety dollars on my slippers, slip-ons and moccasins, marked down to just forty-nine ninety-eight by using promo code DWS. Now remember, DWS does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no. It stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com, where Mike sells all kinds of stuff. DWS is the promo code. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. MyPillow.com, DWS. All right. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Special announcements about the future of the Doc Washburn Show. Sixteen months into this, my business partners and I have finally come to terms with the idea that podcast fans want to be able to watch a video presentation of a podcast. And I certainly have plenty of experience performing in front of a camera, and so we agree we need to make the transition to video as soon as possible. By the grace of God, we've been able to acquire top-of-the-line video equipment, and it is installed. Now, all we need is to bring in a couple of interns to help with video production, research, editing, and social media outreach. If you know a young person who is a conservative, someone who is trying to break into the television realm, because let's face it, a video podcast is like a TV show. This would be the perfect opportunity for him to show what he can do. I'll tell you something. I talked to a friend of mine who's been in the entertainment industry for a long, long time. He said, Doc, did you realize that there are people at all the television stations in the city you live in that are sweeping floors for minimum wage, hoping and praying to get into TV? Did you realize the most worthless thing to someone trying to break into television is a radio and TV diploma from a major university? Because the people who run the TV stations... They want to see what you can do. you got to get that experience somewhere. And he told me, look, you need to reach out to these folks and give them a chance to get that experience. Give them a chance to put a reel together. Give them a chance to be creative. I'm like, man, that's a great idea. Because I knew once I saw the video equipment, I can't do this by myself. So again, if you know of a young person who's conservative, who's trying to break into television, this would be the perfect opportunity to show what he can do. Have him or her contact us at our email address, which is contact at docwashburnshow.com. Okay, now, John MacArthur is in the news. Um, and this is, um, this is a rough one. Um, this story is uh, not suited for minors. I'll just say that right out front. Christianity Today, and, you know, it's one of those we report you decide kind of things. Christianity Today has an article that came out a few days ago that is getting a lot of play on social media, and a lot of people are talking about it. And so we will present to you the article, and we will also present to you the response from Grace Community Church, John MacArthur's church. This is not the kind of thing that I enjoy talking about. It's not the kind of thing I would be talking about unless it was already out there in the news. So here it goes. The article is entitled, Grace Community Church Rejected Elders' Calls to, quote, do justice, unquote, in abuse case. Subtitle, while a former leader of the church hopes for change, women who sought refuge in biblical counseling at John MacArthur's church say they feared discipline for seeking safety from their abusive marriages. And... The author is Kate Shelnut over Christianity Today. And it says, Last year, Mr. Hone Cho, H-O-H-N, first name, Cho, C-H-O, last name, concluded Grace Community Church had made a mistake. The elders had publicly disciplined a woman for refusing to take her husband back. As it turned out, the woman's fears proved true, and her husband went to prison for child molestation and abuse. The church, though, never retracted its discipline or apologized in the 20 years since then. As a lawyer and one of four officers on the elder board at Grace Community Church, Mr. Hone Cho was asked to study the case. Now that's interesting. That what I have not been able to figure out is why twenty years after this, you know, publicly disciplining, she was publicly excommunicated from the church. Who it occurred to to say, hey, by the way, would you mind going back and look at this thing that we did twenty years ago? I I, I haven't seen that part of the story. But anyway, one of the elders. One of the four officers on the elder board, they got a bunch more elders than just four, who happens to be a lawyer, was asked, hey, would you mind looking at this thing we did 20 years ago? Anyway, Christianity Today says he tried to convince the church's leaders to reconsider and at least privately make it right. He said Pastor John MacArthur told him to, quote, forget it, unquote. Well, see, again, this, this, this is a question that I have. And this goes back to, well, why did somebody tell him to research the thing from 20 years ago anyway if John MacArthur is just going to tell him forget about it? I don't know. Anyway, um, but I digress. When Mr. Cho continued to call the elders to, quote, do justice, unquote, on the woman's behalf, he said he was asked to walk back his conclusions of his investigation or – to resign from the Board of Elders of Grace Community Church. It's been ten months since Mr. Cho left Grace Community Church, and he has not been able to forget the woman, Eileen Gray, whose experience was described in detail last March over at a news outlet of Julie Roy, pardon me, Julie Roy's called the Roy's Report and she reports on a lot of things going on in the world of Christendom. Anyway, though Mr. Cho stepped down quietly, he continued to hear from other women from his former church. They had also been doubted, dismissed, and implicitly or explicitly threatened with discipline while seeking refuge from their abusive marriages. Even at his new congregation, Mr. Cho began to meet visitors with connections to Eileen Gray's case, which he saw as a sign of God's providence. No, he couldn't forget it. The more he learned, the more people he talked with, the more the injustice weighed on his conscience, and the more concerned he grew about the church's biblical counseling around abuse. As Mr. Cho wrote in a 20-page memo to top leaders at Grace Community Church last March, quote, I genuinely believe it would be wrong to do nothing. At the end of the day, I know what I know. I cannot unknow it. And I am, in fact, accountable before God for this knowledge, and if you have labored mightily to read this far, you are now accountable before God for it as well. Grace Community Church is led by John MacArthur, one of America's longest standing and most influential pastors. The Sun Valley California Church is best known for MacArthur's preaching and prides itself on its fidelity to the Bible over the whims of the world. Well, that's a good thing then. Grace Community Church's reach extends far beyond the crowds that fill its 3,500-seat auditorium for multiple services each Sunday through MacArthur's popular books and commentaries, affiliated schools, the Master's Seminary and the Master's University, Grace to You teaching ministry, and the church's annual Shepherds Conference. At the conference last March, Mr. Hone Cho taught on the subject of conscience and conviction. He spent the rest of the year living out the lesson. Okay, so this elder who called the church to do something to reconcile with this woman that they had kicked out publicly 20 years ago and was told, you know, you got to either walk it back or you got to leave, he was actually a, a speaker at conferences they did. Anyway, over the summer and fall, Mr. Honcho Cho held out a faint hope that the 37-member elder board would reconsider Ms. Gray's case, praying that God would soften leaders' hearts and change their minds. He wanted to see them correct the mistakes of their past and do better in the future. Instead, he discovered they appeared to be repeating the mistakes of the past. Months after raising his concerns about a 20-year-old case, Mr. Cho discovered another grievous Grace Community Church counseling case in the fall of 2022. A woman reported the church leaders had advised her to move back in with her husband and not get a restraining order, order despite his documented grooming behaviors, infidelity, and angry outbursts. Though the case settled in January after the woman sought court-ordered protection last year, two pastors had filed declarations on her husband's behalf. Mr. Cho told Christianity Today, in God's providence, he kept placing reminders in front of me, completely unbidden. When my wife and I were asked by a friend to pray for a woman, my wife happened to know. She reached out in concern, and we were horrified to discover the same awful patterns of counseling were still happening at Grace Community Church. He said this is when I sadly came to believe beyond any personal doubt that congregants at the church who we still love could effectively be playing Russian roulette if they ever needed counseling at Grace Community Church, especially anything involving the care of women or children. I knew I could not pass by silently on the other side of the road that I needed to help this woman and to call out a warning or else the blood of the people would be on my head. For this story, Christianity Today spoke with eight women who recounted how they and others at Grace Community Church had been counseled to avoid reporting their husbands and fathers to authorities to accept their apologies and to continue to submit to them. The victims were regularly quoted scriptures on forgiveness, trust, love, and submission. And were told to reconcile and return home, even in cases where they feared for their safety and their children's safety. No one from Grace Community Church responded to requests by Christianity today to discuss the church's counseling philosophy or response to abuse or to questions about specific cases. Six pastors and elders were contacted for comment by phone and email repeatedly over a three week period prior to this article's publication as well as one former pastor and elder. Update Following publication, Grace Community Church released a statement saying that the elders do not comment on counseling and discipline disputes but that the church deals with accusations personally and privately. They defended their counsel as biblical saying our church's history and congregation are the testimony. So, when I finish the article, I will read to you the entire statement from the elders of Grace Community Church. Going on with the article here from Christianity Today, Mr. Cho first read about Eileen Gray's case last March after the Roy's report coverage when he said he had been asked to look over the church's handling of her case For the elder board, his review, so I guess the majority of the elders thought, okay, well, you're a lawyer, you're one of the elders, why don't you look into this? Uh, That's the impression I'm getting here. Anyway, his review, drawing from his legal background and training, became part of an initial internal investigation. The church discipline happened in 2002 a few years before Mr. Cho even came to faith at Grace Community Church. Now, Eileen Gray had refused to follow leaders' counsel to lift a restraining order against her abusive husband, David Gray. During a monthly communion service, John MacArthur characterized her decision as unrepentant sin, saying the mother of three chose to leave and forsake her husband. Okay, so he's doing this publicly in a communion service. He's pronouncing judgment on her. David Gray, once a teacher on staff at the church, went on to be sentenced for his crimes in 2005. Aggravated child molestation, corporal injury to a child, and child abuse. Witnesses and victims backed his wife's account of the abusive behavior while church leaders continued to defend him, according to court documents referenced and posted with the March 2022 Roy's Report article. By the way, so he was sentenced in 2005. This is now 2023. David Gray remains in prison. Mr. Cho said many leaders at Grace Community Church refused to even read the article in the Roy's report. Some did, and dismissed its findings anyway. Top leaders at the church became defensive, he said, and wanted to protect MacArthur. To Mr. Cho, as well as to seven Christian lawyers who reviewed the material, It was obvious that David Gray was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, and Eileen Gray's refusal to lift the restraining order to protect her children was objectively reasonable and fully vindicated. Mr. Cho wrote to the elder board, and I quote, Now that the facts are indeed known, it is not too late to do justice, even at this late stage almost 20 years later one's own integrity and upholding justice and righteousness and being faithful even in the small things, even for something 20 years ago, all matter immensely. Mr. Cho expected the church to hold itself to a higher standard than even the secular courts. In Eileen Gray's case, overseen by then-associate executive pastor Kerry Hardy, and involving Grace Community Church's longtime pastor of counseling, Bill Shannon, he found evidence of mistreatment, bias, and errors in how they handled the case. Eileen Gray was repeatedly disbelieved and accused of being, quote, bizarre, unquote, which wasn't relevant to the reason for her discipline, and leaders cast doubt on her account despite David Gray's history of deceit. Mr. Cho said to Christianity Today, again quoting, they sided with a child abuser, who turned out to be a child molester, over a mother desperately trying to protect her three innocent young children, and that was and is flatly wrong and needs to be made right. Numerous elders have admitted in various private conversations that mistakes were made and that they would make a different decision today knowing what they now know. But those admissions mean that you need to make it right with the person you wronged. That is utterly basic Christianity. While still on the board last March, Mr. Cho emphasized the urgency of correcting the record. The elders had called out sin where there was none, he insisted. If they had learned that they had disciplined a man wrongly accused of adultery, wouldn't they want to make that right, even if they found out 20 years later? According to Cho, who served as the board secretary and was responsible for taking notes, John MacArthur replied during the March meeting that the comparison didn't apply to Eileen Gray. The pastor brought up again claims of her, quote, bizarre behavior, unquote, and wasn't inclined to reconsider her discipline. After that, Mr. Cho said he was told by Elder Board Chair Chris Hamilton that he would need to, quote, walk back, unquote, his findings about the church's mistakes if he wanted to remain an elder. Hamilton did not respond to requests for comment. Mr. Cho and his wife resigned their membership the next day. This past fall, Mr. Cho found himself once again reviewing court filings from a member at Grace Community Church who sought a restraining order against her husband in hopes of protecting herself and her young children from abuse. This time, he was reviewing the court filings at the woman's request. He said certain parallels to Eileen Gray were immediately clear to him. The woman told Christianity Today she recognized the parallels too. She said when she read about Eileen Gray last year, she thought, this sounds a lot like what I've been told. Christianity Today's policy allows victims of abuse to go unnamed for the sake of privacy and safety. Her identity and the details of her account have been verified in reporting the story. She said, whenever I made moves in the direction of the restraining order, it was be careful of the heart of retaliation. They were telling me to back off, essentially. They were saying it was unchristian of me to seek that legal protection because believers don't take other believers to court. Okay, this is where it gets kind of rough, and I I warned you at the start of this article that this is um, not an article for minors, and I just want to remind you about that right now. She said she had reported to church leaders evidence of her husband's infidelity, searches for incest porn, and inappropriate behavior with their daughter starting when she was just a couple of years old. A month after moving back in with her husband, at the request of their pastor, she called 911 out of fear during an argument on the road. In court filings obtained by Christianity Today, she stated that pastor and elder Rodney Anderson told her that she should submit to her husband, quote, as unto the Lord, unquote, rather than provoke him. The domestic violence officers dispatched to the scene from the police department, she said, told her not to return home two elders from Grace Community Church went on to submit sworn statements on behalf of her husband. Anderson's declaration recounts the husband saying during counseling that he and his daughter had touched tongues while they kissed to imitate a scene in a cartoon. Uh, I'm a dad. I've never done that before. Um, it's hard to imagine for me being a dad that, um, a pastor or an elder would submit a sworn statement on behalf of a husband who would do something like that. I'm just, I've been trying to avoid editorial comment other than, you know, I was kind of wondering, At the start, you know, how this Mr. Cho wound up being asked to, you know, look at a case from 20 years ago. That's the only editorial comment I've made up until this one. I'm like, okay, wait. They were just trying to imitate a scene in a cartoon. Wait, 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 wait. Doesn't pass the smell test. Anyway, again, uh, this is not a, uh, a, an article or a story from minors. I, I, this is the third time I'm warning you. A declaration from the other pastor and elder, Brad Classen of Grace Community Church, said that the woman came to him concerned about pictures taken by her husband, but that she didn't have evidence of the abuse. According to her own filing, the photos include pictures of her toddler, touching her husband's pants zipper and her face being sprayed with water as well as selfies with the child while she was naked. Classen's declaration said the photos did not contain nudity. I hope they address this. Anyway, two other leaders at Grace Community Church said they would testify on the wife's behalf, but the couple reached an agreement in January prior to their court date, so none of the pastors ended up needing to testify for either one of them. In the settlement, the wife did not retract the abuse claims made against her husband. In the end, she said the betrayal of her church, now her former church, hurt the most. She said to Christianity Today, quoting now, I hit sub-zero spiritually. I was doubting if God is real. I thought if God is real, but we're supposed to submit to church leaders when this is going on. I'd rather die. Even unbelievers wouldn't stand for this, unquote. But the woman says that she did see the Lord work sovereignly to lead her through the process, eventually coming to see that, quote, the failure of the church doesn't nullify the existence of God or the justice of God, unquote. She said, quoting again, I need to fear God instead of man. Just because someone quotes a verse to you, and they're in a position of authority, doesn't mean they're doing it well, unquote. When she challenged the pastor's advice to return to and trust her husband, she said she was reminded of passages like, love believes all things, and that Jesus said to forgive 70 times 7 times. According to her account, the trauma and warning signs weren't enough. The pastors wanted evidence of physical abuse, skin-to-skin adultery, or a conviction of child molestation before agreeing that she had biblical grounds for divorce. But she says she couldn't wait for that. The cases at Grace Community Church land in a larger debate around what qualifies as abuse and whether Christians should prioritize reconciliation in abuse cases. And at this point, they link to another article in the same magazine, Christianity Today, called When Restoration Hurts, Christian counselors grapple with how to encourage reconciliation while protecting victims. So let me go back to this because that, that link was right in the middle of a sentence. The case of the Grace Community Church Land in the larger debate around what qualifies as abuse and whether Christians should prioritize reconciliation in abuse cases with the church and its seminary holding a prominent place among conservative biblical counselors in the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Jonathan Holmes, a graduate of the church's The Masters University and a pastor and counselor in Ohio, noting that the label And the most serious responses often get reserved for physical and sexual violations, saying there's a fundamentally different understanding of what abuse is. Like fellow complementarians, I had to look that up. I didn't know what it meant. Complementarian means a person who believes that men and women are equal in the sight of God, but that God did make us different and did give us different things to do. So that's the best definition that I could come up with when I researched the word. Anyway, like fellow complementarians, John MacArthur has preached multiple times against women staying with abusive husbands for the sake of marital submission. Okay, wait, I'm confused. This article is saying over and over again that they counsel women to stay with abusive husbands for the sake of marital submission, but now it's saying that he preaches against it. Okay, here's more. He taught that women and children should, quote, get to a place of safety, unquote, and the perpetrators of domestic violence are no longer behaving as believers and have therefore forfeited their right to marriage. Okay? Yet, as Mr. Cho brought up in his letters to key elders last year, a string of women over the past decade said they received different counsel at his church when they feared for their safety or their children's safety. Multiple women named Bill Shannon, a pastor of counseling and a fellow of the Association of uh, uh, Christian-Based Counselors, I think that's what the ACB, yeah, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Apologize. Multiple women named Bill Shannon, a pastor of counseling and ACBC fellow, as discouraging them from reporting abuse to police and directing them to stay in homes where they had been threatened with violence. One couple said they observed a counseling session where Shannon failed to advise a member of their family to report a man who had confessed to an incident of child molestation. He also did not direct her to leave him since he hadn't been convicted. Shannon is among the leaders who did not respond to multiple requests for comment for this story. Current and former elders had also raised concerns about Bill Shannon's supposedly incompetent counsel. Mr. Cho said John MacArthur had been warned about the concerns but has defended Shannon and kept him in the same position. According to the Grace Community Church website, Bill Shannon continues to provide formal and informal counseling to members, also continues to teach the church's premarital and marriage seminar, and preach sermons for an adult small group. One woman who asked not to be named in the story because she's attempting to move on from her time at Grace Community Church said, In the first meeting with Bill Shannon, it was made known that my safety was not the number one priority. It was submission in my marriage. My job, I was told, was not to rile my husband up. You know, I know the I'm sorry. I got to throw in a little editorial every once in a blue moon. I know the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, but I, I also know that in one of those places right before that, it says, submit yourselves one to another. And I also know that um, it says husbands are supposed to love their wives like Christ loved the church. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, oh, oh, yeah. And I also know that it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, patience kindness, goodness, for such there is no law. So I'm trying to figure out where the whole thing about uh, the husband having a right to be riled up is. I don't, I mean, I haven't been able to find that anywhere. It it says husbands be considerate of your wife as the weaker vessel. But it goes on, still talking about this particular woman. While the woman was hospitalized, Due to her husband's physical abuse, Bill Shannon called her and advised her to go home without calling police. This is what she told Christianity today. At times, the torment at home was bad enough that she worried she was going to die, but she said she was told that her situation may be, quote, God's will for your life, unquote. Man, that's just, that's just hard to believe. I hope that's not true. That's hard to believe. In marital counseling, Pastors asked wives whether their attitudes contributed to the patterns of violence, anger, and manipulation in their relationships. In some situations, they implied women were looking for fault in their husbands. Holmes said, and again, this is the, the guy who graduated from their, their seminary and now is a pastor in Ohio. Holmes said, it's hard for a pastor to conceive of a dynamic where a woman is receiving mistreatment, where at some point along the road she is not expressly responsible for it, really? now, why would it be hard for a pastor to conceive of that so you're so you're saying the husband has no moral agency, everything's wife's fault. That's just got to be one of the oddest things I've ever heard in my life. anyway, Christianity today's article continues saying this mutualization of sin can take place in church settings where both parties are asked to confess and seek forgiveness from each other. Now, a guy named Ken Sand, S-A-N-D-E, a Christian mediator who spoke of patterns he has seen over decades of conciliation ministry, not about Grace Community Church in particular, said... Our philosophy is that if there's been abuse, you don't put them into a room and expect them both to go through the process of getting the log out of their eyes. Each of the women Christianity Today spoke with said that at some point they considered themselves partly responsible for their husband's behavior or had a church leader indicate that they were responsible. The women were reminded of the biblical directive for wives to submit to their husbands. For years... They had hoped their submission, their faithfulness in marriage, and their desperate prayers would eventually lead to change in their husbands. But when issues persisted and escalated, they sought help and counsel on what else could be done. Wendy Gway, G-U-A-Y, who spoke to the Roy's report last year about abuse by her father, Paul Gway, while he was on staff at Grace Community Church in the late 1970s, said, "It takes a tremendous amount of courage, humility, and vulnerability to even seek help from the church when there has been abuse in the home. Women have hidden, persevered, and tried to handle things on their own until there was no other choice." When wives felt like they needed to move out for their safety, they said pastors told them to stay. After they had separated or secured legal protection, they said pastors urged them to reconcile. Women told Christianity Today that pastors saw their husbands' continued involvement in counseling, caring treatment of their kids in supervised settings, and verbal promises that the abuse would stop as indications that they no longer posed a threat. In some cases, like those of Eileen Gray and the woman who agreed to a settlement last month, leaders at Grace Community Church went on to support the men they had accused of abuse in legal cases. Although churches may avoid legal involvement in marital disputes for liability reasons, it's not unheard of to have pastors siding with the accused. Pete Singer The executive director of GRACE, which stands for Godly Response to Abuse in the Christian Environment, said seeing faith leaders defend a perpetrator in court was part of what prompted prosecutor Boz Chavijian, who's Billy Graham's grandson, to start the organization in the first place. Singer said, It's not unique. It's unfortunately prevalent in child abuse and intimate partner violence as well. It's a reflection of how the pastor has been groomed. If there's a noticeable power differential, why am I lining up on the side of the person who may be the oppressor and not the person who may be oppressed? Huh. While evangelicals are growing more sensitive to the dynamics of abuse, some conservative communities retain an underlying skepticism around victims advocacy movements and trauma informed psychologists defending the place of the local church in addressing marital conflict well you know i think the local church should should address marital conflict but i would hope that your local church wouldn't address it the way these people are saying that that church did anyway but I digress. Former members who reported abuse said they feared church discipline for lack of submission or abandoning their marriage. While most evangelical churches have formalized disciplinary processes in written policies and bylaws, it's becoming less common for American churches to follow them in practice and even rarer for a church to publicly announce discipline cases multiple times a year, according to the Christian mediator, Mr. Sand. John MacArthur considers church discipline a distinctive at Grace Community Church, where elders follow guidelines taken from Matthew 18. That's right, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. First, confronting the accused privately and then with another witness before publicly announcing cases of discipline that have made it to the third stage of the process when unrepentance would preclude a member from participating in the Lord's Supper. Mr. Cho, the former elder at Grace Community Church, said that at this stage elders must unanimously approve cases that go before the church body a few times a year during monthly communion services. The women who spoke to Christianity Today about their counseling experiences had been members of Grace Community Church for years, some for over a decade, and had sat in the services when John MacArthur announced church discipline. They believed that if leaders didn't see their situation as grounds for divorce, their names could be read publicly in a communion service. Until now, Mr. Cho had not publicly spoken about the circumstances that led to him leaving Grace Community Church and his advocacy efforts since then. He hoped the church would look back at Eileen Gray's case and reconsider the evidence that vindicated her. He repeated, pleased to take seriously, the concerns about Bill Shannon and the church's counseling. After leaving, he kept contacting top leaders at Grace Community Church, asking questions and offering to discuss his concerns privately. He emailed John MacArthur and Grace to You Executive Director Phil Johnson, an influential leader and elder at the church. He went back and forth in messages with Kerry Hardy, the pastor who oversaw the Eileen Gray discipline case and who now serves at a church in North Carolina. His appeals drew from Scripture. Sometimes quoting more than 20 verses on reconciliation, wrongdoing, and justice. Such as James four seventeen. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. In other words, if you know the right thing to do is to make it right, and you're not going to make it right, then you're sinning. He says whenever he met with or saw elders in person, the case came up in discussion. He texted and called individual members of the elder board to share concerns. Mr. Cho never imagined himself being in this position and advocating from outside Grace Community Church over almost 17 years of membership there. Mr. Cho met his wife, began teaching the Word, and rose to leadership on the church's board of elders. He said, I was a vocal loyalist who now objects to what he sees as blind trust among many of the men he used to serve and lead beside. Last year, when he questioned the decision to discipline Eileen Gray, he said fellow elders suggested they just trust the previous leaders who affirmed it. Mr. Cho countered that Scripture commands us to trust the Lord and examine everything, citing 1 Thessalonians 5.21, but test everything, hold fast, what is good. Mr. Cho said he held out hope, thinking of a line that John MacArthur was known for saying, Time and truth go hand in hand. In other words, the truth eventually comes out. Eileen Gray said hearing about other women who had been blamed, accused, and often re-traumatized by leaders of Grace Community Church motivated her to share her account publicly years later once her children were adults. Immediately after last year's coverage in the Royce report, she said, she learned of even more testimonies of mishandled abuse. In an email, she told Christianity Today, would my sharing sooner have brought about change at Grace Community Church or other churches who follow their leadership model? I don't know. But I feel horrible about the enabling effect my silence has had through the years. She said, To this day, I have direct testimonies from a multitude of witnesses that Grace Community Church is still following a similar unbiblical and unloving way of treating abused women and children who cry out to church leaders for help while suffering under their abusive husbands and fathers. This is an egregious sin. One former member of Grace, once excited to move to California to be able to sit under John MacArthur's teachings, said the faith that it meant everything to her was destroyed by the way the church treated her when she sought help during and after an abusive, unloving marriage. She said, the worst thing of all, it wasn't the divorce. It was my relationship with God. I know God is God and man is man but I really trusted those people at the church. They took that closeness that I had with God away. They made me look differently at men. When I go to church, I feel like the pastors are lying. They left me brokenhearted. I really feel like I was spiritually raped. Grace Community Church has not apologized to Eileen Gray. They have not rescinded their discipline or made a public statement on the case nor did they offer a response for this article. Well, eventually they did after the article was published. I'll get to that in a minute. Just days after Christmas last year, Mr. Cho sent what he called a final appeal to each of the elders at Grace Community Church. Mr. Cho said he still held out that faint hope, quote, the Lord has so often done far more than I ever could have thought possible, unquote even knowing that the board was unlikely to move and that his public stance would upset many he used to serve and worship alongside. He told Christianity Today, at the end of the day, I need to do what's right. As a spirit and my conscience and prayer and counsel and the word all lead me and let God take care of the results. And the man who taught me that was John MacArthur. Wow. Knocked me over with a leaf. Now, I need to share with you the statement that the elders, the Board of Elders at Grace Community Church, John MacArthur's church, did come out with after the article was published. So that's coming up here in just a moment. First of all, did you hear the news? That since AT&T's DirecTV has gotten rid of Newsmax, at and stock has lost ten billion dollars. That was that was in the news just a couple of days ago. So what you're doing is working. You gotta hit them in the pocketbook. Now, last year at and got rid of One American News OAN. And then a few weeks ago, they dumped Newsmax unceremoniously with no, no warning. And people are upset. And they don't want to uh, give AT&T any money anymore with DirecTV or, for that matter, with your monthly cell phone bill. Well, i got a really good alternative for your cell coverage. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patreon Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patreon Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patreon Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. And I'll tell you one thing, I'm sure saving money with them. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes of support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom Freedom of speech, second amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Why not just do what I did? Go to patriotmobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Oh, and by the way, did I mention they have a coverage guarantee? They use all the towers the big companies use, and they have a coverage guarantee. Now, when you go to patriotmobile.com, or you call 972-PATRIOT, make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's DOC, for free activation. All right, now, I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare, And it is such a blessing, such a blessing, to get the word out about this. All right, here's how it works. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Do you ever experience dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar? A lot of people have that issue. Fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines. Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you, even if you're not in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for 5 or 6 weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away. And it's never come back. And the migraines I had year round, they went away too. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, eczema, psoriasis, fibromyalgia, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501 279 2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me, they've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. Or, if you're outside Central Arkansas, this sounds like something that you want to look into, go to their website, TurnMyPowerOn.com, click on the tab that says, Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. Now, I've been talking for a long time about how the world's going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big-box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people, were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? We can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop factory direct at family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with the woke, globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses, that have enjoyed unfair advantages. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Now, an even more exciting addition is fresh American raised beef raised in the mountains of Montana near Yellowstone. This beef is known as never, ever, never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to to SwitchToAmerica.com when it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you soon. Again, the website is switchtoamerica.com to americacom And tell them, of course, you heard about them from Doc Washburn. All right, now, have this big, long article, very troubling article, from Christianity Today about John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. And the name of the article, most of their stuff is behind a paywall. For some reason, this one's not name of the article is Grace Community Church Rejected Elders' Calls to Do Justice in Abuse Case, and is written by Kate Shelnut. And we do have the response on Grace Community Church's website, a statement from our elders. And this response was um, published at 12 a.m. on February 9th, modified at 728 a.m. on February 10th. So that's going to be uh, Thursday and Friday, most recently. A statement from our elders. The following is a statement from the Grace Church elders regarding recent headlines about past counseling cases. Grace Church's elders do not publicly discuss details arising from counseling and discipline cases, especially on social media, nor do we litigate disputes About such matters in online forums, Grace Church deals with accusations personally and privately in accordance with biblical principles. We do not respond to attacks, lies, misrepresentations, and anonymous accusations. Our church's history and congregation are the testimony. Myriads of Grace Church members who have sought counsel at our church will testify that the counsel they receive is biblical, charitable, supportive, and liberating. Well, you know, I sure hope so. But I guess the problem is when you publicly discipline somebody, and again, I'm not saying that is unscriptural. I get it. I I understand Matthew 18. I've seen it up close. But so when you publicly discipline somebody according to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18, and then you find out later that you got it wrong, then you need to make it right. That's not private. That's public. Now, I'm not saying that the model in Matthew 18 is wrong because God's word is right. But what if you get it wrong because God doesn't make any mistakes, but all of us do? And this guy who was an elder for your church and even taught in your conferences up until less than a year ago, a guy who came to faith in Christ in your church 17 years ago, an attorney was asked to look into the case, looked into it and said, hey, guys, we got this one wrong. We need to make it right with her. And he's told no. You either have to walk it back. You got to leave. That's problematic. And um, it's problematic they won't address it. That's my take. I'd love to hear yours. You can always email us, contact at docwashburnshow.com. But that's uh, that's messed up, and I'm sad to hear that. Okay, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by Red River Auto. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV, of your choice, the way you want to, have it delivered to your front door, anywhere. In the Continental USA. Now, after after such a uh, serious topic, we want to we want to deal with a lighter side. I, I think everybody could could use a little breather here. So, today's tweet of the day I came across on Twitter because that's where you find tweets on Twitter is from the hapless White House press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of NORAD. There is the NORAD is part of like a a, part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a a a a a coalition. So a pact, exactly, and so that's why we were able to do that. Again, we didn't do it on our own. We did it in in uh, in, uh, clearly in 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 step with uh, Canada. Uh, uh, Okay, wait a minute. She's on MSNBC, right? I forgot to mention that part at the start. She's on MSNBC. And the guy, I don't know who he is. This, this is one thing the television news channels have not learned yet, is that when you put a clip on social media, a lot of people aren't going to know who the person is. So I don't know who the guy is, but he pronounced Canada, Canada. And then she did this. We did right. it in in, uh, in uh, clearly in, in 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 step with uh, Canada. Uh, uh, I think that threw him for a loop. We did it in step with Canada. See, I thought I thought it was called Canada. The White House press secretary, who has mispronounced many words, um, she doesn't know what the no- Nobel Prize was. She called it the Nobel Prize. Four times in twenty-two seconds. Uh, she's apparently never heard of uh, the concept of armistice. She left the S out. She called it Armitus. She she does a lot of this. Now she thinks Canada is pronounced Canadia. Well, you know we have a saying here in the South. Bless her heart, <laughs> man. I don't. You either laugh, or you cry. Okay. You've been listening to episode 341 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, the views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansoor's Computer Solutions. Seventh floor, the Ephemeral B. Smooth Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansoor Sempier Tenth, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is. Sunday, February twelfth, 2023.